0: and welcome to worship here on this Sunday morning at Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church where we celebrate the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are glad that you have found your way to us this morning on Facebook Live or our website or Spotify. No matter where you are or who you are, we're glad that you're here with us. A few quick announcements before we begin with worship this morning. We, we should let you know that today marks the beginning of our winter preaching series entitled Walking with Jesus. As we make our way through the gospel of Mark, you are invited to join us in small group studies, uh, either on Zoom or mainly on Zoom, I guess, right now. But also, if that's not a platform that you're comfortable with, we invite you to find the book entitled Mark, It's an interpretation Bible study and you can find it on Amazon or or look uh, in our communications and we can share more news about this book. If you'd like to study on your own, you'll know that every week we are following through uh, the Gospel of Mark. Also, we've launched a new podcast series. Our podcasts will also walk through the Gospel of Mark and that is published every Thursday afternoon. If you are a visitor we're especially glad that you are here with us we know it is an unusual time to be considering what it might mean to belong to a community of faith and yet we also are all acutely aware of the need for us to remain connected and engaged both in our faith and in a community so we will be hosting orientation classes by zoom at the end of the month and you can find more information about how to participate in those classes by reaching out to our church office or visiting our website. If you are an Elm, a member of Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church, please know that we are in a season of discernment as we begin to nominate a new class of elders uh, for the coming year. You should see a short form for you to fill out in your email this morning, but also you are encouraged to access the nomination form um, through our weekly emails please prayerfully consider who you might think would be um, an impactful leader. We do need a diverse, uh, diverse representation across our community. The flowers this morning are given in glory and honor to God for the, the resurrection and the promises, promises that were made in the name of Dottie Metzler. We celebrated her memorial service yesterday morning here at Selwyn Avenue lastly this morning we're celebrating communion so we have set our table which is the lord's table and we invite you to take a moment and set your own table please find some juice or some wine and some bread or some crackers and we will gather together in the name of the lord and now let us prepare our hearts to worship god
1: take me to the water take me to the water take me to the water to be baptized glory hallelujah glory hallelujah glory hallelujah to
2: as you are able will you please rise in body or in spirit and join me in our call to worship on the first day when time began you gave birth to creation light danced through the darkness the waters of hope flowed free and clear on that first day at the Jordan when redemption began. You spoke of life for all your children as your child stepped into the waters of forgiveness, rising in hope with his cousin John on the first day of the week. When we begin anew, you call us to faithfulness as we open our hearts to you your voice claiming us as your own.
1: he to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood oh to grace, grace how oh, great a debtor daily i'm constrained to be let that grace now like a fetter find my one wonder- Thrown to walk the Lord, I feel it. Thrown to leave the God I know. Here's my heart, oh take and seal it, seal it.
2: God with the truths of our lives is itself an act of faith. We trust that the Holy One is interested in us, is invested in our minds and in our hearts and in our souls. We trust that God's mercy and grace are intended for us. With faith and in trust, let us now make our confession before God in one voice. Let us pray. We are incredibly stubborn, O Lord. We have entered the season in which your light has been given to us, to the world. Your blessings have been poured out on the world, and yet we all can think about our our own fears, problems, needs, and desires. Help us to notice your presence. Pour your baptismal waters over us again, cleansing us from self-pity and pride. Nourish and heal us so that we might joyfully serve you. Wash away our jealousy, greed, negative thoughts, and selfish behaviors that prevent us from being the people you call us to be. We repent and turn towards you again. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Friends, hear now these words of assurance from Psalm 103. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting, on those who fear him and his righteousness, to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen.
0: Of course, our gospel lesson this morning comes from the book of Mark, as we look at the first chapter, the first verses 4 through 11. Tyranical emper- emperors, nepotism, narcissism, manipulation, power-hungry officials, oppression and poverty, exploitation of taxes. Punitive use of the law to maintain power, puppet governors, corrupt religious leaders, political pawns, factions and barriers, threats and violence, radicals and zealots, promises and propaganda, confusion and chaos, fear and anxiety. And that describes what was happening back in the day of Jesus. Come to think of it, that's what was happening for hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus walked the earth. And, well, it does seem that is what is still happening 2,000 years later. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdom's totter. Has so much really changed? You know what we need this morning? We need some really good news. How about some groundbreaking, earth-shattering, life-altering, wall-crumbling, boundary-breaking, death-defying, rip-roaring good news? Listen for the word of the Lord. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, wait, let's back that up. I missed a verse. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah see I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord make his path straight John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance and the forgiveness of sins and people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the River Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the throngs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove into him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. May God bless the speaking and the hearing of this holy word. Amen. We do need some good news. Hey, good news, your groceries have been delivered. Hey, good news, the test, it came back negative. Hey, good news, both the kids are down for bed. We don't need that kind of good news. I'm talking evangelium which is another word for the good news in the Bible. The prophets had been sharing this good news for centuries. They spoke of a messenger who brings good news and announces salvation. The one who brings good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners. They had been talking about the coming of God's reign for centuries. They had been waiting, they had been praying, they had been hoping for God's kingdom to be realized. We've heard it all described before. The wolf will lie with the lamb, there will be milk and honey, justice will roll down like a mighty stream. If the anointed kings and queens of the day had been faithful and courageous enough to pursue God's kingdom, Perhaps if they had led with compassion and mercy as opposed to pride and greed, would the people of Israel have been waiting and praying and hoping for the anointed one, the Messiah, to save them for hundreds of years. The people of Israel had been hanging in the balance by a thread of hope for a very long time. Which, of course, leads us to John the Baptist, who, like the prophets before him, present a radical reversal of power within the realm. And as Walter Brueggemann puts it, John was not exactly well received by the leaders of Jerusalem. He and subsequently his cousin Jesus were unwelcomed and uncredentialed and uninvited by those in power. Lest I remind you, John's head was served on a platter to Herod's wife, who happened to be his brother's wife prior to having him killed. And well, we do know how it goes for his cousin, Jesus. Jesus enters a world full of violence and greed and chaos. As Karl Barth has written, the word did become flesh, but it wasn't just any flesh. It was Jewish flesh, Middle Eastern flesh, peasant flesh. And he was not baptized just anywhere by anybody. He was not baptized in the ritual pools of the temple by the high priest. He was, in fact, in the wilderness. He was not baptized for the sake of purity or access to the temple. It was not an, an event of who's in and who's out. He was baptized alongside all of the everyday people of Judea. They were called to turn toward God for the sake of something new, a fresh start, a clean slate, a new path, a better way together. Repent. Receive God's grace. Now that may not sound like good news, considering the, attend- the tendency for some of us to pray for a total reversal or a change of epic proportions and then binge watch Bridgerton, as opposed to honestly recognizing a total reversal requires that we actually must be the ones who turn back to God. Now that I mention it, we've not really been our best selves. An ideological barricade divides our nation and we want Jesus to make us feel justified. There are glass walls that keep us from touching our loved ones. And so we want our vaccines first. The rules and policies of our institutions often care more about keeping certain people out as opposed to inviting people in even our churches, I'm afraid. Not to mention the walls we create within the intimacy of our own lives have been fortified now by 10 months of isolation and weariness. Of course, we've tried to be faithful, but so often we've assumed the worst and held grudges and misunderstood and ignored, refused to reach out, withheld our gifts from God and one another. We've made excuses. We've thumbed our noses. We've thrown in the towel, turned our backs in anger, and at the same time, convinced ourselves that we know more and we know better. All of this, of course, without looking in the mirror or seeking help or acknowledging our own complicity, insecurity, and unwillingness to simply take our walls down with humility and grace. And according to our scripture this morning, none of that flies in God's kingdom. COVID continues to wreak havoc here in Mecklenburg County, and the numbers of people who have died across this globe are staggering. And so we pray like the prophet Isaiah, we say, oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down to us, O oh Lord. And yet a low, thick blanket of cloudy sin separates God in heaven and the likes of us on earth. The people of Israel were waiting and praying and hoping They were not waiting for a friend to comfort them, and they were not hoping for a teacher to show them how to be more faithful, and they were not waiting for a counselor to help them feel better about themselves. They were waiting on a Messiah to save them, a new leader to overturn their fate. As Rome's boot kept pressing down, the nations were in an uproar, the kingdoms tottered, and the story of Jesus' baptism can be found in all four gospels. In Matthew and Luke's gospel, as Jesus comes up from the water, God opens the heaven like a Ziploc bag or the careful incision of a surgeon, both of which can be easily closed again. But in Mark's gospel, God's not messing around. And so God rips the heavens apart, tears them open with force. The Greek word is schizo. There's no repairing a tear like this. What does it mean that we have a God who would rip open the heavens in order to be with the likes of us? We must consider. You might want to consider how you would describe God's kingdom as it is in heaven. There is no violence, There is no us and them. There is neither Greek nor Jew nor slave nor master. There is no suffering. There is no hatred. There is no abuse. No one is ignored or mocked. There is peace. There is joy. There is justice. There is love. And meanwhile on earth, the proclamation that we are one nation under God, it has been tested and the violence we witnessed this week within our nation's capital revealed the depths of our brokenness and our great sin. (laughs) While I'm still confused by the shirtless Chewbacca, the noose, the Confederate flag, the sweatshirt that read Camp Auschwitz, sent familiar messages diametrically opposed to God's reign in Christ. Not to mention, The walls of the Capitol were scaled, windows were broken, people were killed. Senators and representatives of our country called their loved ones as they huddled beneath their chairs. And there's no escaping this reality that you and I hold in the palm of our hands. What does it mean that we have a God who has ripped open the heavens in a way that blurs the lines between God's reign in heaven and what's going on down here on earth. It means that a divine intervention is at hand. It means you better look out, people, and be careful what you ask for, because we've rattled God's heart and there's no going back. That God made a move and the cloud of sin between God and us is torn apart forever means that there is nowhere we can go and there is nowhere we can flee from God's Spirit? Does God descend like a lightning bolt? Does God wipe out the oppression of Rome and smite the corrupt priests? Was all of humanity instantly inoculated from the trials and suffering of this world? Is there an easy solution for all this mess we are in? Has every wall and barrier and boundary been decimated? Obviously not. This story of ours, the story of God's redemption in the midst of turmoil and chaos speaks of a different sort of kingdom and a different sort of king. This story of ours describes a different kind of victory. A servant warrior whose weapon is love and whose victory lies on the other side of a cross, as one theologian has written. And this good news is a very different type of story from that is proclaimed by imperial heralds or by presidents or CEOs and news pundits. God descends like a dove. And while in our text, it sometimes is translated on Jesus. It seems a more direct translation would be that God descends like a dove into Jesus. And from that moment, there is a new beginning. It is not as if a bird flew down and perched itself on Jesus's shoulder, although that is a nice image for a Hallmark card, but it is not the point. The Spirit of the Lord invaded Jesus' heart and infiltrated his soul and inspired his mind. And from that moment on, Jesus was of single focus and sole purpose. He was on a mission. From that moment on, God's reign is now on earth as it is in heaven. And that is really, really good news for us this morning. The Messiah, the Anointed One. Emmanuel, God with us on the ground, Yeshua, the one who saves. If there is a line, Jesus will cross it. If there's a wall, Jesus is going to destroy it. If there's a gap, he's going to bridge it. If there is a rule that oppresses, Jesus is going to break it. If there is a boundary or a barrier or a blockade, he's going to walk through it. And according to the Gospel of Mark, at least, Jesus covers a whole lot of ground. No matter where you go, he'll meet you there. The temple, the marketplace, the halls of government, a boat, a lake, a river, a mountain, the intimacy of your homes, beside you on your deathbed, among the tombs in a cave. And no matter where Jesus finds us, he confronts us with a choice and an invitation An invitation to another way, a better way, the only way. What does it mean that God would rip open the heavens in order to save us, to be near us? It means by the love of our God and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, we can stop. We can stop building barriers and boundaries and walls. It means we can lay down our weapons It means we can fall to our knees. It means we can turn back to God for a new beginning. It means that together we must strive for God's reign on earth right here, right now. Love, joy, justice, peace. It means that in our baptisms we die with Christ so that we might also live with Christ as God's forgiven and beloved children. And that is really, really good news. Amen. Friends, God has chosen what the world counts foolish. God has chosen what the world counts weak. It is not for our virtue that we gather at this table. It is not for who we are that we are called to this table. It is for one reason that we are here at this table, which extends to your table where you are right now. We are here because God wants us here. So as you come to this table, leave behind the baggage of self-importance and the burden of self-loathing. How we feel and who we are and what we have done at this moment does not matter. There is a greater cause and a stronger voice. It belongs to Jesus in the bread and the cup. And it says, right here, right now, I am here for you. This is a joyful feast of the people of God. And we gather here no matter where we are from the north and the south and the east and the west, and we sit here at this table. It's the Lord's table. And the Savior, our Messiah, invites all of you who trust him so that we might share this feast that has been prepared.
3: Let us pray. God, Son, and Holy Spirit, mysterious and Holy Trinity, we are in awe of your power and might. For this day, we give you the glory. For all that resides in our care, the gifts from your hands, we give you all the praise. For this church, the leaders, members, staff, families, for these people who work for your kingdom, we offer our sincerest thanks. With humility and gratitude, we acknowledge God that you sent your only Son into this world to overcome its pain, suffering, and death, to show us a kind of love like we have never seen. God may we be a witness to your indwelling in creation, in history, and in our lives. May we continue to be changed by the call you have on each of us, to be strengthened, to tell the good news, to be disciples, a community, a church, a city, a world who reflect justice, peace, loving kindness, and grace. Lord, the events of this past week, the events of this past year, have left your people torn, tattered, and bruised, even to the point of death. But God, where we see rigid edges, the fray caused by this dark world, you see moments of reconciliation and healing. Let us, too, seek those moments, no matter how difficult, uncomfortable, and challenging they may be. Where injustice dwells, let your mercy reign. Where hatred grows, let your love prevail. Where hope is lost, let your, sh- let your light shine in the darkness. Grant us the courage and strength to begin and continue the good and necessary work. God, may our hearts seek to love you as you do and to serve and care for our neighbors with radical hospitality. Lord, gather those on the margins, heal the brokenhearted, and bind up their wounds. We also pause to pray for those who are recovering from and battling COVID, accidents, surgery, and other illness and disease. Be with those who are in our tent communities as the seasons begin to become colder in the days and nights. Comfort those who are isolated, neglected, and abused. Fill the stomachs of those who hunger. Lord, be with the leaders of our communities, cities, nation, and world. Grant them wisdom and understanding. And let us remember that you, God, are Lord. Let us remember the waters through which we walk. Let us remember the bread and cup which we share. And let us remember the radical love of your Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, our sacraments of baptism
0: and the Lord's Supper are visible signs of God's invisible grace. And so we give thanks that the Lord Jesus, on the night of his arrest, he took bread and after giving thanks he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body broken for you. In the same way, Jesus took the cup, saying, This, this cup is a new covenant sealed in my blood, and poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. Whenever you drink of it, do so in remembrance of me. Friends, remembering God's boundless love revealed to us in Jesus Christ, we break this bread and we share this cup giving ourselves to God to live for him in joy and praise. Thanks be to God. we pray together in thanksgiving O god of abundance with this bread of life and this cup of salvation you have united us with christ our lord the messiah emmanuel yeshua making us one with all of your people now send us forth as your beloved and redeemed children in the power of your spirit that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world and continue forever in the risen life of jesus christ our lord amen
3: Friends, the invitation to follow me and I will make you Fisher of people is the same invitation that Jesus extends to us. During our anthem, may we reflect on the ways that God is calling us to serve and respond in this season, whether it be your time, your knowledge, your talents, a new way to participate in the life of the church, a spiritual practice or a financial gift. Our text to give number is 704-734-9828. All these beautiful gifts help us to continue to demonstrate the kingdom of God in the world. Let us listen with open hearts and respond to God's call.
1: Marching, we are marching, marching, we are marching marching in the light of God. See us. See ya! Uh, hum-
3: Join me as we dedicate our offerings using Psalm 104. Bless the Lord our God who makes springs gush forth in the valleys, giving drink to every wild animal. By the streams, the birds of the air sing among the branches. O oh Lord, the earth is satisfied with your works. Bless the Lord our God who causes the grass to grow for cattle and plants for people to use, wine to gladden the human heart oil to make the face shine, and bread to strengthen the human heart. O Lord, how manifold are your works! Bless the Lord our God who welcomes us as children through baptism in Christ. Just as Jesus turned to God in prayer, help us to seek God's will continually. O Lord, may our offerings support the work of this church lifting up your hope and new life amongst and beyond our community. We dedicate ourselves to serving you through your beloved son, Jesus. Amen. Friends,
0: hear this good news. This groundbreaking, earth shattering, life altering, wall crumbling, groundbreaking, testifying, rip roaring good news by the love of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit that, that descends upon us like a dove. You are a beloved child of God, so go out and pursue God's reign with confidence and humility and joy. Amen.